You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that crosses the finish line last. Today we have Karami Kamil. He has the blistering pace of Michael Owen and is just as injury prone. Hi guys. And we have Nicholas John. He is as solid and impenetrable as Yap Stam. Plus he's a good defender. <laughs> hello, hello. I am Faisal Merikan, whose vision is on par with Massimo Taibi. <laughs> the Venetian blind. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, there were no Premier League matches in midweek, just like friends. They were on an international break, which brings us to the Nations League. European champions Italy lost 2-1 to Spain and saw their world record unbeaten run come to an end. Guys, it was bound to happen at some point, right? Uh, correct. Yes, it is bound to happen, um, especially when you start playing against uh top teams you know it just goes that the more top teams you play against the higher the chances of you eventually losing but credit to italy and and roberto mancini because it's it's not easy to go 37 games without losing and if you look at the teams that they've had to play against also along the way you know big sides like belgium the netherlands spain and then england uh, it it's all the more impressive la yes and i agree with nick because they lost 2-1 to spain but They were down 10 men in the first half. It's difficult enough to play against Spain with 11 men, let alone 10. And I think the Italians had their held up high, uh, although they lost the match, but they gave it a go. They even scored one goal after going down to nil. It's just the luck of the draw, if you can say that, because mm-hmm. uh, one of their defenders was sent off. No, sometimes when a run like this ends, there's always the risk that it really affects the team mentally, and there's a worry that results could unra- unravel further. For some reason, I don't see this happening to Italy. Don't uh, do you? I, I don't think it's the end of the world for them. You know, first of all, this is just one match. Second of all, it's the Nations League, which you have to admit is is not very high on most countries. priorities uh, but the fact is Mancini has built a solid team that plays well they are entertaining to watch so i think the foundation is already there you will see them you know have one or two bad results along the way but but i think the team is good enough uh, that they can perform at the top level uh, for the long term italy are in the uh, third place playoff while spain are through to the final uh, spain will face france who came from two goals down to beat belgium 3-2 Yes, Faisal. It was a very entertaining match. The comeback from France was, I don't know, I, I did not see that coming because Belgium was totally in control in the first half. But if you need to give props, I think Mbappé deserves some props after being criticised in the 2020 Euros. I think he played well. He wasn't that selfish like he was back in the Euros. Uh, he scored from a spot kick. He was linking up plays. He was gelling well with the team. But the the winning goal from Theo Hernandez that was bonkers. And how important was it that Mbappe scored from the penalty spot? You know that that must have exercised the ghosts from uh, Euro 2020. The final takes place on Monday morning. 
Also happening right now are the uh, World Cup qualifiers. This morning, Argentina drew nil-nil with Paraguay. Uh, Brazil beat Venezuela 3-1. Argentina is still unbeaten. And uh, Brazil maintained their 100% record. Yes, Faisal, but I think Brazil did not play that well in the match against Venezuela. They went down 1-0 until the 70th minute where they scored the equaliser and then go on to score another two goals. It was a tight match and I really don't see Brazil dropping points. I think they can maintain their 100% winning record in this group. Um, the other five-time world champions. So most probably they will finish top of the group to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, yeah, I think the South American group is uh, pretty secure for both Brazil and Argentina. They are first and second, respectively. Brazil has a 100% record. Argentina have not lost anything. So I think it, it's safe to, to, to say that uh, these two teams have their place uh, secured at the World Cup. Okay, moving on, we have a Europe's World Cup qualifiers this weekend. Um, England away at Andorra. Wales travel to the Czech Republic. Germany are at home to Romania. Latvia hosts the Netherlands. Be sure to catch the action on Astro. Uh, back to the Premier League, guys. Uh, some good news for Manchester United fans for once. Marcus Rashford <laughs> played his first game since his shoulder operation. He took part in a closed-door friendly. There's a chance that he could play in the next match. So, woohoo! Yes, woohoo indeed, I think, for the, for United fans. Um, maybe just maybe Rashford could give them the spark that they need uh, up front because the goals have dried up a bit for United. They lost 2-1 to Young Boys and then they dropped points against Aston Villa. They drew against Everton. Rashford has not even made a single appearance this season. Maybe he is just the person that United need to get their season back on track and perhaps to save Ole from the sack. I also think that it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Rashford fits into the team because in attack, they already have Ronaldo, they've got Mason Greenwood, they've got Jadon Sancho. Uh, so how is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going to you know, like arrange this little puzzle there? I hope that Rashford is given an opportunity to shine again because we know what he's capable of. He had a fantastic season, you know, the, the last time, last the last campaign. But I fear for him, just like I fear for Greenwood, because Ole is under pressure to field players like Ronaldo and Sancho because they are the big name signings. Ronaldo is like, you know, the, the huge superstar. And, and that could happen at the expense of players like Rashford and, and Greenwood, which is, it, it's unfortunate for them. Elsewhere, Watford appointed uh, Claudio Ranieri as their new manager. He replaces uh, Shisco, whose results were so scandalous, and you know the board couldn't <laughs> handle it. Ouch. That was so that good, was, that, that was so good. No, that, that was, was so good. That was perfect. That deserves a dilly ding dilly dong. It's the dilly dong song. Of course, uh, we're talking about Mr. Dilliding Dilidong, uh, Claudio Ranieri. He famously won the title with Leicester, but. Um, to be fair, he had less successful stints at Chelsea and Fulham. Uh, what do you guys think of this appointment? Uh, I think it's good to see him back because he's one of the nicest, most likable managers in football. And, and he's always entertaining with his you know, funny quotes and, and sayings and all that. And of course, any joke told in, in, in an Italian accent is, is extra funny, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see him being the kind of you know, manager to lead a club like Watford into a relegation battle, not the way that that Sam Allardyce or perhaps Alan Pardew can do. You know, they, they are your, your battle-hardened relegation veterans. 
which is not something you would use to describe Ranieri. So I'm really not sure what to make of all of this. Uh, I think maybe Ranieri could bring Watford to like a mid-table finish. Ranieri has the pedigree to help teams like Watford maybe just stay safe from the relegation zone. So this could be a good thing for Watford. Now, Nick Lee, you mentioned that uh, his press conferences are always entertaining, right? We have a few examples of some of his more memorable quotes. Danny Drinkwater has said this week that um, do you have an imaginary bell that you shake if you don't think you've got their full attention. Is that right? <laughs> From the beginning, no, when uh, something was uh, wrong, I say, hey, dilly din, dilly don, wake up, wake up. And during all the training sessions, sometimes dilly din, dilly don. And uh, in Christmas Day, I said, okay, I boot for all the player, all the staff to everybody a little bell <laughs> just a good joke and on Watford it's Kika Flores who took over from you at Valencia yeah Claudio didn't he bit of revenge like yeah to- big revenge I want to kill him <laughs> he's a football he's a nice man <laughs> he's a football <laughs> why revenge and also hey man we are in Champions League we are in Champions League, man. That was my next Dilly ding, dilly dong, come on. <laughs> dilly ding, dilly dong. Elsewhere, uh, Newcastle, finally under new management after being taken over by a Saudi consortium. Now, at the very least, Newcastle fans will be happy to see the end of uh, Mike Ashley's reign. It's always a gamble, right? I mean, for every owner like uh, Abramovich or FSG or uh, City's owners, we have guys like the uh, Glazer family or uh, Venkis. Yes, it, it, it is always a gamble. Now, uh, this, this public investment fund of uh, Saudi Arabia or PIF has assets of around 250 billion pounds, which indirectly makes Newcastle one of the richest clubs in the world. Uh, but that, that's no guarantee of success, as we've seen in, you know, in the past. You know, Money does not buy you success in football. Even for clubs like Man City and PSG, who rely on their financial might, they put in a lot of planning into how best to use their vast sums of money. You know, you need a good management team, a good scouting network, a good academy. And then, you know, you go out and, and find players who are right for the club. So, so to assume that things are going to change overnight is, is a mistake. But I think there are already lessons there to be learned. Good lessons from the likes of Man City, Chelsea, or even Leicester. You know, the, the examples of clubs who have got it right. So uh, I think that if Newcastle's owners follow in these clubs' footsteps, it could work out for them. But if they try to just, you know, throw some money around, bring in some random big names, things could go south pretty quickly for them. Yes, it's a breath of fresh air for the Newcastle fans, for the Toonamis, because they've been wanting Mike Ashley to be out of the club since like, what, 10, 12 years ago. So finally, they've got their wish. Maybe they have bright days ahead of them. I can actually see Newcastle being back in the Champions League and fighting for the Premier League title, just like during the Alan Shearer days. I will love it if that happens. Love it. Love it. Love Love it. it. Finally, Malaysia will be competing in the uh, Thomas and Uber Cups just a week after the Sudirman Cup campaign. Karam, this will be a good one to watch. Uh, We have a lot of emerging talent in the team. 
Yes, definitely. Um, on the Uber Cup, I think it's exciting to watch for Kisona uh, and our women's double, Perlitan and Tina, to perform well because they did perform well, especially Perlitan and Tina during the Sudirman Cup. This is their second major tournament, I guess. So with the Sudirman Cup experience under their belt, they won bronze there. So I think they are on a high and it, it could only bring good for, for the Malaysian women's team. On the Thomas Cup, I think... Malaysia would have an easier path to go through to the quarters because England just pulled out due to injuries. And so they only have three teams competing in the in the Group D, which is Japan, Malaysia and Canada, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it should be an easy ride. I, and, and I also think the Sudirman Cup kind of came at the right time for them. You know, it, it was a big enough tournament, but not so big that there's too much pressure. You know, there was a good mix of difficult and easy opponents. You can say it, it was the perfect warm-up for, for the Thomas and Uber Cup. And the fact that they made the semis also is, is a huge morale booster for them. You know, I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy for our men's and women's teams, but I think that after the uh, Sudirman Cup, they're, they're going to be in the right shape physically and mentally uh, to put on another good performance. With that, we've come to the end of another Podball Sports, guys. We better go before the internet completely dies on us. I am Faisal American. And I'm Karami Kamil, out to treat my hamstring injury. <laughs> and I am Nicholas John. Dilly ding, dilly dog.